Hello and welcome to episode 71 of Feckin' Metal. I am your host, Fergal Trainer. Fergal Trainer. God almighty, sometimes I hate pronouncing my own name. It, it it doesn't roll off the tongue very easily. It's not like something like, I don't know, Kean Egan. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of Feckin' Metal. My name is Kean Egan. But if you stick with this episode, you will learn about Kean Egan, one of the singers of Westlife. Uh, maybe you didn't come here for this. You probably didn't, but you will find out which album is the first album Keen Egan ever purchased. So, you can learn about that and a whole lot more. And really, the main reason you're here is to learn about John Bonham. John Bonham, I hear you say. No, not the deceased member of Led Zeppelin, but the very much alive singer of Irish heavy metal bands such as Old Season and Celtic Legacy. And, in fact, Iron Maiden. I-O-R-N-M-A-I-D-E-N, the Iron Maiden tribute band. I had a great chat with John about all of the above, all of the preceding, and he has many stories to tell about being in an Irish heavy metal band or two or three, and all of what that entails, such as doing Skype singing lessons with Tony Harnell from TNT, doing auditions for bands while having bronchitis, supporting bands like Eternal Champion, getting inspiration from singers like Blaze Bailey, the tie-in between Christy Moore and Heavy Metal, and so much more. This was my chat this evening that I conducted on the 17th of January, 2023. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so I have John Bonham here, singer in Old Season, Celtic Legacy, and an Iron Maiden tribute band as well called Iron, I-O-R-N Maiden. Uh, welcome to the show, John, and thank you very much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers. Yeah, so you're... Um, fronting two currently active Irish metal bands, which are actually more traditional metal bands, which you don't see too yeah. much of in Ireland at the moment, which is kind of refreshing to see. And you've also got an Iron Maiden tribute band. I'm going to try and get through them all. I mentioned them there. Okay. So yeah, thanks a million for joining. First things yeah, first, though, um, I have to ask you about your name. I know you're probably sick to death of people asking you about <laughs> it, but you're called John Bonham, and it's the same spelling as the famous Led Zeppelin drummer. Yeah. Were your parents Led Zeppelin fans? No, um, I think my my answer to this is always just, you know, you have enough kids, eventually one of them's going to be called John. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're in a long you know, line I'm, of Bonhams, are you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the third boy, so, like, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know, maybe my oldest brother, Rob, maybe he, maybe he gave them a bit of a nudge. Okay. Um, obviously, obviously I'm, I'm technically a John Paul, which would, that was all the rage in the 80s, oh, you know? Oh, yeah, okay. So it may have had nothing to do with it. Fair enough, okay. There's a lot of John Pauls and JPs lurking about. I think you're probably around the same age as me, are you? I'm yeah, ter- 37. Yeah. Right, yeah. I will be 37 All right, year, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see, you're a hero of a lot of people, of the John Paul or JP kind of. You, you dropped a Paul at some point, obviously, did you? Yeah, I just, I've, I've never called myself John Paul. I've only ever been John. The only time I see it is... And any government documentation, <laughs> yeah. Any government department, you know, social welfare or or the revenue, it's always John Paul. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Driving, driving test, any of that, but no, I'm just John. <laughs> All right, cool. I first met you anyway at the Eternal Champion gig where Old Season were supporting back in May 2022. Mm. We had a, a bit of a chat afterwards, but I did first see you on television on an Irish television talent show. But we might get to that a bit later. Mm. But I did. I mentioned at the start there that you are. In two currently active Irish metal bands, you're the singer in Old Season, which you've been in since 2013, and also in Celtic Legacy since 2019. I'd like to talk a bit about Old Season first. So 
I know you weren't the original singer in either band. In fact, the old season had a number of singers. Or sorry, no, they had one singer um, on the original EP and then he sang on the first album. And then, as far as I can tell, you're the second singer replacing Frank Brennan, who was also in yeah. Morning Beloved. How did that position come about? Um, it came about, I, I was kind of um, getting the itch to sing live again. I hadn't really been in a live band or anything for a couple of years. And I kind of just started looking around forums and stuff seeing if there were bands uh you know looking for singers i actually i i auditioned for a wedding band around the same time okay um and i didn't get i think literally it was one one week i auditioned for the wedding band the next week was old season yeah didn't get the wedding band but i got right. the old season one. but um yeah it was and i i had seen that old season were looking for a singer and but i i kind of didn't think much of it at the time because I, I think i like a lot of people i think back then probably still now i kind of just had them mislabeled as doom and like i mean I'd, I'd seen them live a couple of times and stuff back when frank was singing for them mm. and i was just like oh no i'd, I'd kind of put it out of my mind i was like oh you know that'd be cool but i don't know if i'd really be you know best fit yeah and uh and then what happened was i had i was trying to get a judas priest tribute going which i still am by the way so I'll, if you know if you know anyway, <laughs> i'll always put the feelers out for that one. okay but um yeah i was trying to get judas priest tribute going so i posted I think one of maybe like three posts I ever made on Metal Ireland, I posted a link to like my SoundCloud and stuff. And mm. Smith, uh, Dermot Smith, the keyboard player in all season, he had seen it and messaged me. Yeah. Asked if I wanted to come down for an audition. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, I suppose. Um, and he he sent on a couple of, I think maybe three songs that they had kicking around. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is this is perfect. This this isn't a deal at all. Mm. Um, it, all three of those songs did end up on 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 the album, the first album we did with them then as well. So um, right, okay. yeah, audi- um, auditioned. Uh, I had I had very heavy uh, like bronchitis or something at the time. So every time I breathed in, <coughs> I just start coughing, and it's like the coughing would go on so long that yeah, you'd, I I coughed so long, then it'd be silenced, then it'd just be like a <gasps> like I was coming up for air. <laughs> and so I said it to the lads, you know. By the way, they like. I just you know I have bronchitis so I, yeah. like, I won't be singing very well you know and they were all kind of thinking right yeah okay tick that off oh the, the old bronchitis excuse is it yeah the old <laughs> you know the singer excuse list right you've got bronchitis mm. so they kind of had to get me down a couple of times just to make sure you know mm. so I think I think by the uh, maybe second or third jam maybe it's the second one I can't remember that was when they kind of officially asked me then was I interested so okay alright yeah. I'm going to sidetrack on a couple of things there um, so obviously okay, this yeah. wasn't the first band you were in you said you hadn't been singing for a while uh, doing gigs yeah. for a while so what other kinds of bands were you in before you Got the job with old season. Um, the first band, probably the first kind of prop band that did gigs with, um, were called Blinding Light. Mm. Uh, kind of, kind of power. I suppose not kind of. I suppose it was power metal, really. Um, a couple of lads I'd kind of one or two of them I'd kind of grown up with. Um, a couple of them were kind of friends of theirs and whatever. Um, a couple of them be quite big on the cool lock metal scene. <laughs> All right, big wheels. <laughs> now, yeah, but uh, not us. So they, um, yeah, they, one of the lads, uh, Brian, who I, who I wouldn't know, and we went to school together. He kind of wrote the music, and uh, the one of the guitar player, Snackbox, uh, he he wrote. It's uh, <laughs> the best name I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of dropped it now. I, I I think I think he'll still go by it, but uh, yeah, he um, he kind of he wrote the lyrics, and I. I get the sense that two of his favorite bands were Hammerfall and Man of War because oh, right, that okay. that was kind of the lyrical. But no, it was it was a uh, yeah good fun. Like we did mm. did a handful of gigs, and then uh, 
then I don't know a year or two after that then I ended up another band with a couple of the same members White Rose we were a bit more kind of uh, post Tin Lizzy kind of like we had a couple of Lizzy covers in our set but you know it's mostly original but it was kind of a bit more kind of Tin Lizzy style mm. um, and yeah so when that band kind of split up uh, that was it I just kind of I stopped but actually that's, I started getting vocal lessons then okay because uh, um, I don't know if you know the band TNT uh, Norwegian um, I, I, know I don't name. know what you call them couldn't tell you kind of uh, sorry go on uh, yeah um, I don't know kind of pop metal I suppose they had a kind of glam image but it was just very melodic kind of like, but anyway their uh, their singer Tony Harnell he he was doing I think still I think he still does it um, you know Skype lessons and stuff and um, yeah so I started getting lessons from him and because um, like I always kind of had a big range but yeah. it was a little uncontrolled you know yeah. just just for breathing and vibrato and stuff you know so he kind of sorted me out he brought out the best of me and then so after after kind of learning a lot from him he was like you know you have to go out and start gigging again it's the only way you're going to get better at singing it. so yeah so that that was kind of what I did in that in that time was I did lessons with him on and off for I don't know about a year like and I, I think it was only really after those lessons where I um, I kind of you know anything before that w- wouldn't wouldn't be canon in my catalogue. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was only really after the lessons I was like, oh no, I, I, I kind of I feel a bit more like right now I am a singer now. Yeah, okay. So oh, yeah, I do recognise the name Tony Harnell and TNT. I thought you were going to tell me they were a current band, and the minute you said it, I was thinking like seventies or eighties or something like that. Uh, but what era? Were well, they they, they, from? they are they are they are still going actually. He he. <laughs> Tony kind of leaves and rejoins about every two or three years, so he, he's he's re, he's rejoined them again. So they they are they are still active, yeah. Right, okay. And how does a Skype singing lesson work? Um, well, I, mean, I suppose it's not too different to this, you know. It, it's it would be better having the person in the room just for kind of checking your breathing, but you know, a lot of it would be he'd probably he'd get me to stand up, just you know, get me to sing something, stand up, and watch me breathe and make sure I'm breathing properly, you know. And, mm. One that was one of the first things I I got iron, ironed out was um, a lot of singers if they've got a big no, you'll see their their shoulders go up mm. into their which is that's your what but once you do that you're basically taking all this all the breathing space out of your chest. Okay. So you're actually making high notes harder for yourself, and really if 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 a singer's going for a high note you should notice very little change in their body. You might maybe their stance might change a bit or. Mm. You'll see. You'll see Bruce. You know, throws his arm up in the air when he's going for a high yeah, note. Yeah, but, <laughs> the little flailing arm thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the chest will be locked in. You know, so yeah, yeah stuff like that. At least he'd still be able to see, like the actual the, the physical side of how I'm singing. You right. know, and yeah. So we just kind of take a few passes. He he might give me a few tips. Go no, you you know try more like this or you know stuff about place and where I'm placing it. I mean, mouth more on the palate, mm. that kind of thing. And you know, have another pass at it. And, yeah, no, but yes, I I learned a lot. Like a really, uh, you say it ironed out a lot of mistakes that I probably didn't even know I was making before then. Very interesting. Okay, the other thing that I wanted to mention that you said uh, was you were kind of put off about old season because you thought they were doom. So I'm hmm. guessing that, and it, the, I mean the original singer or Frank Brennan um, had more of a doomy voice, even though he's a clean vocalist. But it's certainly different to your voice. But I, so I could understand yeah. maybe why you might have made that assumption or why that was you had that impression but um do metal doesn't appeal to you then um no it does i mean i i, I like it in like it would be wouldn't be like one of my favorites now but um but i just i 
it wouldn't be a good fit for my voice, I don't think. Okay, so you didn't think you could pull it off? Yeah, or just it wouldn't suit, wouldn't have suited. It wouldn't be the sort of thing I would have fancied long term, you know. Not that I would have, I mean, I said I auditioned for a wedding band. I wouldn't have fancied that long term either. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, so I was like, oh, I don't know. And then when I heard some of the newer stuff they were doing, I think I kind of went and, because I, I already had, I had one of the albums. I can't remember if I had Archaic or if it was, but, um, I kind of went back and listened again, and I was like, "Yeah, I've, I've kind of misremembered this, you know." Yeah. But I, I think, I think a lot of it was was down to Frank's vocals. You know, he has, he has much more kind of, um, kind of this kind of cascading sort of, you know. There's a bit of a kind of drawl in there where, it's, yeah, 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 it's like it's kind of sounds some, and I, I mean this with all respect, him kind of sounds like a wise old man or something, you know. It's just he has that kind of, whereas my voice is a bit more, it's more of like an attack. It's kind of like a kind of like a bright attack kind of thing, which uh, wouldn't be as suited to a kind of doomy sort of sound. Yeah, oh, I get you exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so you did end up even with bronchitis, uh, getting the job <laughs> in old season. It's a bit of a shift from Frank Brennan. I mean, the first album you did and the only album so far is Beyond the Black in 2017. Um, the opening song, A New Dawn, you can clearly hear it's a new. Don and a new vocalist. Yeah. That's obviously a deliberate move to call it that. And it was it's uh, there's a, quite a distinction between yours and Frank's vocals, but the band were obviously happy to go in that direction. Mm. Yeah, um cuz I think I mean part of it um was the the lyrical um I hate using phrases like lyrical content as sense of pretentious, but but it's the only thing only only way I could think of ordinary, it, but they they wanted that to move and uh, kind of be a bit more contemporary you know they, they're kind of they kind of had enough songs about you know kind of uh kind of like you know irish history and 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 battles and this kind of thing you know so yeah. they were just they were kind of wanting to go a bit more contemporary with it anyway and i think kind of shake off a bit of that that doom mm. um because like it was it was a kind of a bit a bit of a misnomer like in relation to old season you know so yeah um yeah no, and and they told me uh like from day one, they were like, "Don't try and sound like Frank." You know, we don't we don't want someone doing an impression of of another singer. Just you know, just uh, you know, sound <laughs> be the best you you can be, be as yourself. opposed to being like a second, opposed to being a second rate Frank or whatever. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Well, that's good advice. So, so they, yeah. they wanted to move away from the likes of a, a soldier song, "Meet Me on the Battlefield," that type of thing, to um, into a kind of a different direction. Yeah, and like, and we still dip into it. I mean, even on Beyond the Black, there's a song on there, um, "Elegy." Mm. that um, Smith wrote the lyrics for and that's I mean if you listen to the lyrics and even the melodies on that like it's that's re- very could have easily been on archaic creation or kind of from that era so um, yeah I, I don't think we'll we'll completely um, drop out like you know like kind of historical stuff or that kind of thing but yeah, I think as a, gen- as a general theme I think they just wanted a kind of something a bit more yeah just contemporary you know and um, but yeah I'd like so even though my voice be different enough to Frank's, like you'd kind of notice if we're, um, if we're playing any of the Frank stuff live, I I will kind of go a little bit deeper into my chest with some of the stuff. I'm still not doing like you know an impression of him, yeah, but it's just kind of finding a bit of that. Uh, you know what actually really helped with singing the Frank stuff is really paying attention to how Blaze Bailey sings. I, do you know what I knew you were going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I just the the name Blaze Bailey just popped up in my head. I was like, he's going to mention Blaze Bailey singing. I knew you were going. Yeah. To say. <laughs> and that's but but that, that that's what kind of got me a lot better at really singing deep in the chest is kind of just doing a Blaze impression. Basically, mm. you know, I, I I could sing certain something a certain way, then I'd be like. 
well, hang on, how would Blaze sing that? And I kind of do it in his kind of thick, yeah. brummy voice, but then then drop the accent and then kind of go, all right, that's that's <laughs> how you do it. Right, I'm there now, you know. Very good. He's, he's a rare example of somebody who can carry a high note in a low register, if that makes any sense musically. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know if it does. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably a more scientific term for it than that. But um, yes, uh, very good. So studying plays. Um, so, I mean, you were in the band for a few years before you released an album. You mentioned earlier that you came in with some songs that did end up on the album. So you're a contributor, a writer, as well as just a singer and it's not just a singer sorry but I know when you when you join a band from outside sometimes there's an established songwriting team uh, but yeah. you seem to have joined the writing aspect of it as well um well on for that album the music the, the songs were all basically done so it was just you know lyrics like I said it was still say Elegy Smith wrote the lyrics for um but then it still be bits and pieces uh like Scavenger which would have been one of the first songs I wrote lyrics for. I think I think that was the first song I heard when they sent on the few new tracks. I heard Scavenger yeah. and I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, this is... Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? That all right? But, <laughs> you can swear as much as you like. Yeah. All so, episodes a, are explicit, don't worry. Right, yeah. No, I'm very I'm a very conversational swearer, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, when I heard Scavenger, that's when I was like, geez, this this is uh, nothing like kind of what, what how I remembered all season, you know? Um, yeah. But anyway... Uh, yeah, so Scavenger was kind of one of the first ones I had lyrics for, but then Anto, uh, the drummer. Yeah, we, we we have a drummer that contributes to songwriting. You know, it's a very risky game. That. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he, um, no, no, and Anto's written a fair fair amount of lyrics. Actually, I think some of the older, a lot of the older songs. I think I think Anto was kind of the, the Neil Peart in that regard. I think mm. the first album was mostly his lyrics. But um, mm. yeah, he had an idea for Scavenger about what he kind of wanted it to be about, and he sent me on his lyrics, and I was like, oh yeah, if I just if I just kind of change the the pronouns in this song it's all like you it's like or yeah it was kind of it was all from like an i point of view and my song was yeah. kind of from like a they point of view and i was like yeah if i yeah. just change the eyes in his lyrics to a they i can make it work with what i have so we kind of yeah. just we kind of just uh <laughs> mashed the two of them together yeah um yeah so anyway I, sorry, I, I will give very long answers to very short questions. That's fine. Um, <laughs> That's all right. Talking <laughs> yeah, so, is the main point of this. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the, the songs are written. I think a lot of them, I mean, probably some of them were, they may they may full well have even rehearsed them when Frank was still around. I'm not sure, but mm. they released a couple of years old anyway, so. But you, you do in. contribute, though, to the writing on that album. Yeah, I'd say there'd be, what, there's nine songs. I'd say there's probably six or seven songs I would have written like right. the majority of the lyrics you know, and, right. and yeah. I, I came up with one chord change as well <laughs> oh nice I hope you got heavily compensated <laughs> yeah <laughs> there was a part in a song Nevermore where that, that those okay. last few minutes it just kind of it originally just kind of jammed on this kind of D minor C thing and mm. I was like lads what about if every like fourth time you drop to a B flat and they just yeah. kind of tried it and they're like oh yeah yeah see what you mean? It just so that 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 dropped to the B flat. That, that was all me. <laughs> I, I wrote that chord. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, so I mentioned earlier I did see you um, supporting Eternal Champion in uh, the Grand Social there in May. I know you played a gig in the Sound House in November. Um, mm. I haven't been to that venue. It's up above the Wiley Fox there on the Keys. Uh, but yeah. it used to. Is this the place that used to be the Pint? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I have been to the point, um, but I don't recall gigs being done there in the last 10 years or so. I mean, up until maybe it was the sound houses, uh, but I've started noticing it coming up um, again and again. You'd see gigs being listed, etc. What's it like as a venue, and did you get a decent crowd at that? 
Um, I know, I know, you were supporting a couple of other bands as well at that point. Yeah, um, the venue-wise, yeah, it's 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 decent. They they've got a nice little setup in there now. Yeah, I I had um, my it was actually a bit of history that my very first all season gig was in there back when it was still uh, the pint. Right. Um, I think I think it was actually Fart that uh, put that gig on. All um, right, very good. Might might been himself and Scopes. I I think it was a, like a into the void like promotion thing. It was um, yeah, yeah. So- Solstice where was, so- was ourselves and Solstice. I think I think there was a third band on. Maybe it was just the two of us. I can't remember. But um, yeah, so I played in there a couple of times. Hadn't been in yeah since uh, since it was all done up. But yeah, it's quite nice. It's all very um, I don't know. It's very modern and clean looking. You know, it's uh, the, yeah. The pint was a, a kind of a dingy kip, but that was its mm. selling point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sticky floors kind of place, but I did see some photos up on the Facebook page, and it did look nice yeah, from what yeah. I saw. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 pretty decent. Like, um, yeah, as as for the crowd, it was it, it was a tricky one because I don't know if you know the story with it, but the um, yacht area that that were coming over from Greece for a, a day, I think it was the day of the gig, mm. they couldn't make it. There was, yeah. um, I think, I think one of the band members was ill. I'm not sure what what the story was, but they 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 couldn't travel anyway. So, yeah. Um, so it was kind of a bit of a scramble. Uh, oh, I think, yeah, it was the night before the gig, actually. I think the promoter told us. So we were kind of figuring, like, oh, we still do. Obviously, for for me, like, I'm living in Dublin. I was kind of like, I was kind of like, look, lads, that's just, you know, it's an easy choice for me. Obviously, the lads, they're driving down. And yeah. right, what, if we, what if we come and there's no one there? But we went ahead and did it. And it was, it was still a decent crowd came along, like, and, you know, we still gave a good account of ourselves. And, mm. um, yeah, so well, I, I was still happy enough to do it, you know. I I had, had a friend of mine that had come from a different country for for it. You know, I had to still do. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, you're committed then. Um, yeah. And how was the Eternal Champion gig? Actually, um, that was my first time, as I said, seeing Old Season, and I I really enjoyed it. I was aware of the band and had listened to some songs and stuff, um, but hmm. not too familiar. Um, but I watched the set and thought it was great, and it was a good fit actually. I thought for Eternal Champion. Yeah, no, I, I thought that as well, and that's. Um, because they they had contacted us because uh, we we played with them in in Athens uh, we we did um, up to Hammers a few years ago oh yeah um, and I know Jason uh, the Eternal Champion singer he was already he was already he, he knew of all season previously like he he was kind of as much a fan of ours as we were his so yeah there, 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 there's kind of a, a, a you know mutual respecting there so yeah he he had gotten in touch with us saying oh we're we're playing Dublin in May you know we just want to support so. Obviously, right. it was a uh, was a no brainer for us. Like, yeah, great. And uh, do you have? I mean, were there gigs in between that? Are you getting many gigs? Are you looking for many? Or what's the story with old season at the moment? Um, we 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 we've traditionally not been a very uh busy live band. The the gigs kind of tend to be, um, I, just, I don't know. It's it's. It's I I I think obviously kind of like like a lot of things kind of COVID knocked a bandy because yeah. we were we were in the middle of doing uh, the the next album we had about four songs kind of about ninety percent finished on that so that was back in what was that what it being kind of late twenty nineteen maybe when we got the guts of that down and um, so yeah we hadn't obviously didn't have any gigs planned because we were getting this album done you know and then it was uh we kind of we'd start rehe- we we lost our rehearsal room as well during covid right because we it was ourselves uh it was ourselves and morning beloved we were uh going in uh sharing a rehearsal room so we were we were paying the rent on it you know rather than just kind of booking it on a session by session basis 
mm. and they're thinking that we weren't using the room so you know the yeah. landlord, landlords are right well i'll give it to someone who'll use it then. <laughs> so yeah, we yeah. we were kind of looking for uh another room and at the minute we we have one we're you know paying for session by session it, it, it's a, it's actually really uh it's a really good room it's a really good place like where's uh, that uh, it's uh, it's in a tie WL Studios. It's okay. um, uh, Cliff, one of the lads from Picture This. It's his. Uh, he's he's kind of put put a uh, good bit of work into. It's a it's a rehearsal and recording space, you know. And it's yeah yeah. It's really it's really nice, and you get a really good sound in there, you know. Because where we were rehearsing before, I, mean, I used to say to the lads, it's like oh, I was fucking deaf as a post in there because it was just. Uh, it was just our older house was just a concrete square, you know, and it's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> sound just dies in a room like that, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah your your ears will be ringing after every rehearsal, you know. But um, right. no, no, it's, it's, I really like the place we have, but obviously it's still we still kind of want our own place, you know. So mm. the, the the search is still on, but okay. um, sorry, <laughs> sorry to, to, to circle back. See, this is another one of my long winded answers. Um, yeah, to circle back what you were saying about um. Yeah, gigs. So all all these kind of things just sort of, you know, knocked, knocked everything into the air. So we were like, right, look, let, let's just okay, we ha- we have the space. Let's let's start getting this album done. And then you know, rare thing, a gig comes up. Like we did yeah. um, a few months before the Eternal Champion one. Remember around November of would it be November twenty twenty. Uh, November 2021 I think mm. there was that small window where, where you where, could have where, a gig yeah I remember yeah, yeah yeah we managed to just crew con we're doing uh, we're doing a show in uh, in the same in Grand Social as well and oh so we, yes we, we, yeah so we played at that and then and then the world turned to bricks again a couple of weeks yeah. later so and then we, as soon as everything opened back up the Eternal Champion thing happened and yeah so we, we've done like you know three three gigs in like in the space of a year <laughs> it's quite quite busy for us usually they're kind of uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I I I'd like us to gig, to gig more, but um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Just things when get knocked bandy, you know. And uh, I think when we did we did the metal to the masses a couple of years ago, um, mm. and and I I think a few people were like, well, why are you guys doing this? Like you're you know like an established band, whatever. But it's one of those things. I I think like when I rejoined, or when I joined, sorry, um, you know the lads had kind of between Frank coming in the first gig with me it was probably about four years or something so it was we're kind of in some ways starting again in terms yeah. of like you know having a following having a fan base you know so mm. things like Metal to the Masses is like yeah this is a completely different crowd a younger crowd mostly you know to yeah. what we'd have seen and um, that like I think we did three three of those and that was in the middle of doing Greece as well so that was like that was four shows in about three months that was really exhausting so just to explain to the listener Metal of the Masses this is a heat system to get a slot on Bloodstock right mm, yeah okay and how far did you get so you did three Um, I think it was the f- yeah it would have been the final yeah so we did the heat and then I think yeah I think everyone gets through a heat goes to the semis and then yeah. the final yeah so we would have gone to the final yeah okay yeah fair enough but it unfortunately didn't make it to Bloodstock yeah Ah no, we we were kind of okay with that. We were we just kind of wanted to, you know, give a good give a good account of ourselves and get out there. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I Asect won it that year, and I made, I was going to Bloodstock anyway that year, so kind of made sure to see kind of their set and what they were doing and mm. whatever. Um, 
But yeah, that's just I, I think I think they've um, I think ASEC have, have stopped now. Sadly, I'm not sure. I know I know Tony left. I'm not sure if they're still going. I don't know if you're if you're familiar with them or not. But um, no, I'm not. Sorry, I'm not. Uh, they, um, they 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 they're another one of those uh, loud shouty bands, you know. Uh, mm. <laughs> but yeah, that's you yeah. know metal to masses, especially like that's a lot of the bands. Uh, that's kind of the Irish scene. I mean, there's a lot, just a lot of young guys who. Are, <laughs> with, yeah. red, with red foreheads and and the, you know their their vein their bloody about to burst the blood vessel in their heads, you know. That's the thing. Like I've just never been able to get into loud shouty bands, and mm. it's um. And I, 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 it sounds like I'm being dismissive of them. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm just having a laugh. But uh, all right, well, well I am. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like loud shouty bands. Um, yeah. All right. W- one final thing I wanted to ask you. Actually, I saw that that gig in the uh, Soundhouse was promoted by. Uh, an entity called D Metal Galaxy. I've never heard of these before. Is this a new promoter on the Irish scene, or have they been around for a while? Um, or do you know? As far as promoting gigs, I think that might have been their first, maybe their second gig. I don't know if you know uh, Nick. You, you've, you've probably seen Nick around a lot. He's a Greek guy, bald guy, and he's got one of these these long kind of uh, beard ponytail things. Okay, it, I might have done. I don't know. <laughs> you, you'd probably know if you saw him. Yeah. So it's 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 him and. Um, I'm trying. I, it's not, I can't think of the other girl's name. It's Veronica. She she's a photographer as well. A lot of um, our last couple of gigs, she would have been there taking photos and stuff. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the other girl's name. I just know where it's Ag on, on Facebook. I can't think. I'm not sure what her full name is. If it's Agnes or Agatha or what. But uh, okay. Yeah. So so they they had um, they've been doing podcasts and and you know interviews and kind of things like this for I don't know a couple of years, and I say I I think it was their first gig and you know and. They had, you know, the Gotheria, who it's it's uh, former members of Rotting Christ, you know, so it's a few Greek lads, and I I don't know if Nick is was like friends with them or if he knew them, but obviously it was a big deal kind of for him, so it was a bit of a, yeah, it was it was kind of a stinger for them to, uh, yeah, for the gig to go the way it did. Yeah, yeah, unfortunate. Hopefully they can get uh, something together again in the future. Um, yeah. all right, that's uh. That's great to hear about all the old season activity over the last year or so. But as I mentioned at the start, you're also the singer in Celtic Legacy. Mm-hmm. So they have been around since 98 or so, or the first album was 98 yeah. anyway. You joined the band in 2019 and there were multiple singers before you on the first LP. There was a singer called Tommy Brannigan. Then the next one, there was someone called Mark Gildee. Next couple of releases, uh, Kieran Ennis. Um, and then the most recent release released in 2022 is Redux, which is um, mainly songs from the very first album, the self-titled album, re-recorded with you as the singer. So how did you come across this opportunity? Did you audition similar to how you got the job in old season or how did this come about? No, um, that one, <coughs> apologies, um, that one was uh, Dave uh, Marcy. Um, he, I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't know Dave previous to this. I met him once at a Celtic Legacy gig about geez, 15 years ago now. But he had messed me out of the blue just saying, I'm working on a recording project, wondering if you'd be interested. Mm. And uh, I think at the time, the plan was just he wanted to re-record um, the, the couple of like epic songs. Every Celtic Legacy album usually has one kind of nine or ten minute song. Yeah, I think he just wanted to re-record those. I think maybe just for something to do, release it as like a little thing, you know. Um and then very quickly he was like, no, fuck, I'll just do the, I'll just do the album, you know, see who, see yeah. where we go from there, you know. But uh, yeah, he had messed. <laughs> this is the all seasons light schedule kind of worked in my favor here. He, yeah, it was actually. Yeah. Um, he was telling me it was. Uh, God, I can't think of his name now. 
is, uh, is it James? I can't. But the, the the main guy from Steel Tormentor. I don't know if you remember them. Oh, I do. Yeah. Um, it's um, James. You're right. Yeah. Um, it is James. Yeah. Jesus, I can't think of a surname either. But no. yeah, I know I've chatted to him a bit on and off online. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I, I I wouldn't I I wouldn't even know myself personally. But he apparently he had recommended me. Dave was kind of chatting to him, saying, mm. "Oh yeah, you know, I'm kind of looking for a singer." And he was like, "What about John from Old Season?" And he's like, well, "Would he not be get, like busy with Old Season? Like, are they not gigging all the time?" <laughs> apparently, he was James like, no, Kelly. Never sorry, gig. yeah, James Kelly, right? And yeah, yeah, apparently he was like, "No, they never gig." <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, and like from from like straight off the bat, he kind of said, "Look, look, I know like Old Seasons, your 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 main thing, you know, you know, I don't want to cause if if and if schedules clash, like, don't worry about it. You know, we can take our mm. time with it." So. That was kind of why it took about three years to get it out. You know, we were just kind of doing it when we had time, mm. kind of in bits and pieces, keep chipping away at it, you know. Yeah, but it was the result of a Kickstarter campaign back in 2020. Is that right? Yeah, we we, we tried it as a Kickstarter and um, okay. fell short short of the target. But um, then, so we were just going, I think it was just going to, be a, digi- a digital release you know but we were kind of thinking like it'd be such a shame to not have the physical thing there you know mm. you know you say you're probably like me you know like having the booklet the, 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 the booklet to smell and I, I'm, I'm, you know i'm back to one of those people over the last couple of years but for a good six years there i was completely digital uh but i'm, yeah. I'm back now to the physical releases <laughs> yeah i, I kind of got that way i was only buying a couple of cds a year like mm. the, any of the main bands made like an Iron Maiden CD or, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was I was buying that. Um, yeah, that's probably about it. Yeah, <laughs> for, for a while. <laughs> yeah, I had a couple. Like so, yeah. Maiden release day is always look at it, have the headphones in, just just read along as I'm listening, you know. But yeah, there was yeah. a handful. Maiden Priest, Halloween, whatever. But apart from that, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. So. Um. We were just like, no, nah, it'd, it'd be such a shame to you know just only have this be a digital thing so so i think dave kind of crunched the numbers again and was actually like oh hang on if we if i find he found a place where we could do it kind of relatively um affordably and he's like oh actually he, he was i think originally the kickstarter we were trying to raise about two thousand mm. and uh he was like you know i think if we raise i can't remember what it was 1200 mm. or something like that mm. he was like oh, he's like i think we actually only need about 1200 and we'll be able to make so that's we had another go at it and we were able, we got it to happen the second time yeah so sorry, when a Kickstarter doesn't reach its goal, do you have to dis- uh, refund all the money and then try? Yeah, again? well, the, the the money isn't yours basically on, okay. on, on, until I think you have. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think you kind of have to have proof that the the product exists. Or so it's I'm, in a holding I'm, I'm account not, or I'm something. Not sure, yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure what way it works, but so if but if you back something on Kickstarter, it's happened to me where I backed might be a game or something that gets cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't think you get charged till. Okay, I mean, I get or you, maybe, yeah. maybe you do, and then you get automatically refunded. I'm not sure, but yeah. So no, nobody's nobody's at a loss if it doesn't uh, get made. Mm. Okay. Um. So the Redux album came out. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Do you call it Redux or Redux? Um. I think Redux. Okay. I th- right. I I I, th- I think Davison. The idea was that some people pronounce it. Some people might pronounce it Redo, which is like redo. Well, that's. And he's like he's like, but that's what it is. It's it's a redo of the album. So, but. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's Redux. Okay, we're saying Redux on this podcast anyway. Um, yeah. But before that, you did a cover version of Hiroshima Nakazaki Russian Roulette, um, yeah. which is quite an enjoyable song. So I was doing a bit of digging on this, and uh, 
I mean, you just must be having a laugh at this stage. So the original writer for that song is somebody called Jim Page. Mm. Is that the reason you chose to cover the song? <laughs> no, no, um, no. I I think uh, if if I remember correctly, I think the lads have. I think they, that might have been in their set back in the day in in the nineties. Okay. I think I think maybe they did a cover of it back then because I, I know before they were Celtic Legacy, they were Stomp and they were a covers band. Yeah. Um. So I'm not sure. I know a couple of um. So like we we did we did then I don't know if you heard we did uh kind of a cover of Ride On we kind of mashed it up. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get to that. Don't yeah, worry. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I know I know Ride On definitely was in their set back in the nineties, yeah. and that's kind of why. So I I think Hiroshima was the same. Okay. It was just, it, it was, so it's just a massive coincidence that you're John Bonham covering a Jim Page song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 Jim Page gave us his blessing. I I think Dave sent him the. Uh, like you know the unmastered version or whatever and he was mm. like yeah he 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 was like yeah go ahead that sounds yeah. great you know so fill your boots all right yeah. uh just for reference jim page is a, a u.s folk singer the album was on his 1976 or sorry the song was on his 1976 album on the street again uh, but it was covered and probably made more famous by moving hearts yeah. who had christy moore as the singer so yes Let's talk a bit about the Redux album before we go and talk about that song you just mentioned, which I do <laughs> want to talk about, The Evil That Men Ride. So you're doing mainly re-recordings of the self-titled debut album from 98, uh, apart from Long Ride Home, which I think was demoed for Resurrection but not released on the original release, and then Talk To Me, which appears to be a new song, although you might correct me if I'm wrong. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think Talk To Me was... I think that I, I have heard a recording of it, but um, okay. I... I I know, um, like say, Long Ride Home. When they when they originally released uh, Resurrection, there was a two disc version, and the demo of Long Ride Home was on there. Mm. Um, a, a lot, a lot of Celtic Legacy demos usually end up getting they get heard. They they find some way of making yeah. it out there. But I I don't think Talk to Me got that far. So it, it was I think mm. apart apart from anybody kind of close to the band. I think it was an unheard song. Right. Uh, so how was that? I mean, you're singing songs from. Uh, Tommy Brannigan, who doesn't have a, you have a different voice to him, certainly. How how was it? Mm. Did you just try to, to put your own slant on the song and not consider the original, or how did you approach doing those re-recordings? Yeah, I I always kind of um, I'd kind of I'd respect, I'd always have like total respect for the original kind of melodies and arrangements and stuff, but it's we still wouldn't still wouldn't be beholden to them, you know. It's 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 kind of a tricky one some sometimes i might have an idea where it's it's a little too different um or sometimes i might have an idea it's too similar where i might i might i might have a pass at singing a song and i'm kind of more or less just following it exactly as it was you know yeah um but some of them like say talk to me because that was never really heard i was kind of given a bit more freedom um in fact like we even with the uh I wrote the, the lyrics apart from that talk to me talk to me that that mm. was originally in it but everything else were my lyrics and even but the vocal melodies were still kind of the same mm. and um so had previous lyrics existed but you just put your own lyrics to it is that yeah I, I think the lyrics that were there were kind of I think they were always kind of placeholder um, scratch I think, lyrics or I think thing, yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah I think they had a melody I think the lyrics might have just kind of been written quickly you know mm. so uh, yeah, no, I was kind of told to do whatever I want, you know. But um, same, but like the verses, I was still kind of following the same melody. And Dave's like, no, yeah. no, just like, like forget it. So the second verse you hear, I kind of start um, going different places with it. But yeah, as for the other songs, because they're, they're, they already exist, 
you know, in, to, to a wider audience, people know how they sound. You you kind of can't get away with as much, you know. They say you have to, you still kind of have to respect where the songs mm. came from and stuff, you know. And yeah, um, there might even be like even sometimes I might be the one to say, oh no, I don't know if we should change that too much, you know, because mm. you know pe- people expect to hear it this way or whatever, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I I'm gathering from just a bit of looking at various things online that the band hasn't done any gigs since possibly 2008 2009 somewhere around then yeah probably because i and the last album before i before the last album they did with kieran was was 2014 or something that was like that was just a recording project so yeah that that's probably about right it's probably been about 12 13 years yeah because i was looking on the band's facebook page and I, i'm not sure who runs that but um it was posted that the rehearsals for metal to the masses sorry which you're involved in yeah. with with celtic legacy which we spoke about earlier in regards to old season um it's going to be the first band rehearsal since 29 2009 and then i looked up on on a set list just to see when the last celtic legacies that were documented mm-hmm. were our gigs and uh, i see there was a bloodstock gig there in 2008 and up the hammers as well so you're competing in metal to the masses on showcase five which is on the 20th of february in fibrogues mm-hmm. this will be the first gig for celtic legacy in a long long time yeah, yeah. Um, I think a similar kind of attitude. I don't think we're like we're going in like no, we're gonna win. We're gonna show them how it's like. You know, I, I don't. I I won't be heartbroken if you know nothing comes of it. But it's just it would just be good to, um, yeah. Because like un- until until you start kind of playing live, you're not really you know a real band again. You know, so it's mm. at that point you're just a re- just a recording project. You know, so it's yeah, it's just just to have that and just. You say it might be a similar thing. It might be, uh, def- I'd say especially. I mean, Celtic Legacy have kind of been as as long as that gap was with old season. Obviously, with Celtic Legacy has been even bigger. You know, like thirteen years or whatever. So it's it's be we be we pretty much be entirely playing to people who won't have a clue who we are. But ho- hopefully, we might win a few over or whatever. You know. Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting to people like me who wouldn't have known about the band the first time around um, to see something on Infibris that isn't one of those loud, shouty bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where I can go and possibly go off singing the song in my head afterwards. Um, yeah. So that's on the 25th of February. Let's have a talk or chat about the um, song The Evil That Men Ride. This mm. was released just on Bandcamp as a free streaming track and a free download. And it's, a, I'd say, mashup, but that's not the correct term because you recorded mm. it. It's not just you mashed a few songs together yeah. into some editing software. Of The Evil That Men Do by Iron Maiden, Ride On, which is made famous by um, Christy Moore, but was written by Jimmy McCarthy. And a small bit of Son of a Gun by Bruce Dickinson. Um, yeah. And you have different parts of each song. Uh, the intro from The Evil That Men Do, the verses to ride on a uh, bit of the evil that men do chorus bit of son of the gun and son of a gun at the end and it actually all works exceptionally well what mm. the hell inspired this um well i think um well yeah like i say the celtic legacy they used to do ride on back in you know whatever 97 98 mm. um and they i think they it was they, they always kind of did it in that kind of gallopy maiden style so i think it was just i th- i think what happened was I think the idea to kind of lean more into the evil that men do thing was I think Dave was just messing around with his tone, just kind of seeing kind of how how closely he could emulate the maiden sound. Mm. So he was like, yeah, you know, I think I have something that's more or less there. So I I think he kind of recorded it more more just you know something to do, bit of a laugh, you know. Um, we weren't even sure if we were going to put um uh, like vocals on it, you know. It was just whatever, and then um uh. 
we kind of uh, and now it's fine, right? This this isn't going to turn into a somber thing, but uh, but my dad died while we were uh, doing doing the album. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, you have to laugh, but uh, <laughs> so um, so obviously we we kind of took a bit of a break uh recording you know so after kind of a I don't know a couple of weeks i kind of said to the lads you know i'm i'm, I'm i think i'm i think i'm kind of i might i might try singing again i'm thinking one so dave was like well look here do you want to just we'll we'll set up and we'll give right on a go he's like mm. you know because it's not going on the album you don't need to be too in your head or like oh so yeah. i was like yeah but, so that was what was what we did it was just a bit of fun we like that was we were probably in and out in about two hours obviously mm. the music was recorded but just for getting the vocals mm. down you know mm. um yeah, so it was just it was really just a, a very very easy going session, you know. That was only about the whole song is I'd say maybe three takes. Yeah. Um and we just kind of, you know, uh got a good comp. And then that that little uh the Bruce Dickinson thing at the end, I think that was the night before. I was just like, hang on a sec, I have an idea. And I was kind of <laughs> I was doing I was doing it in my head and I was like, yeah, I'm not sure how that'll sound and, until I get in. So yeah. When I when I did my first pass, when I did my first take. I just threw that in at the end. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I'm not sure if Dave knew the song. Like, what's that you're singing? I was like, oh, it's a Bruce Dickinson song. But like, you know, he has a song yeah. where I'm, all, yeah. I'm already. We've already got some maiden in there. And yeah, there's yeah. a song where he keeps singing right on at the end. Where he's so singing like, right on. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. perfect. It was, yeah. it was just a perfect storm. Uh, and it's not even a particularly good or well known Bruce Dickinson song, but mm. it's nice to have it in there as well. Mm. Um, so I have seen on the Celtic Legacy facebook page um that the album got a good reaction there was multiple reviews posted which it seems to be going down well and there's kind of teases of gigs in 2023 i don't suppose you can shed any light on any of that possibly not but we know about the uh metal to the masses anyway but it is the yeah. general idea to have more gigs or have some gigs in 2023 yeah we 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 would have liked to have done um like an album launch gig or something but we just we didn't have a band together yet you know so mm. um uh yeah so at the minute we're gonna say rehearsing next uh be this day next week um and probably depending on on how quickly things come together or how or how much we're we're vibing it you know we may start looking at more gigs where there's a obviously i'm not gonna say any details case doesn't come together but there's a gig we are possibly doing in may it's just we're, we're trying to work out the, the logistics of it and mm. Um, so we, 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 we could have something in May, but if, I mean, if that doesn't happen, then, um, you know, hopefully at, at least another one this year, you know? Yeah. I say, well, I say once we start rehearsing, maybe the, 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 the itch to, to gig will be even bigger than we might start, you know? Yeah. And is there any interest from the likes of those European festivals up to hammers or similar nowadays in bands like Celtic Legacy or even old season? Do they come knocking at your door at all? Um, I'm not sure, uh, to be honest. Um, obviously, like with all I mean, we only played there what was that three, four years ago. So, they they'd always have room for you know they they're largely you know uh, like traditional metal and stuff. So they'd, yeah. they'd always have room for those type of bands. I know when Celtic Legacy played there years ago, I know they went down very well. There's a song Glencore, which is about um, yeah. I I I listened to some of your podcasts, so I'm I'm not sure whether if if you're still. Uh, more comfortable saying Phil Linnet or Lionet, but uh, <laughs> it's all I'm back to Linnet now. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's, it's still just it just feels right. It's it's like no, I'm, I don't mind being wrong about it, but um, yeah. So that that's on Glencore is about Phil Linnet, you know, and it has a real Lizzy sound to it. And Dave yeah. told me when they when they played Greece, Manolis who runs up the hammers, he's like, look, I I usually don't you know tell bands what songs to play, but like you have to have Glencore in there, you know. And they're like, oh, you know, we will, don't worry. 
So I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe when we're kind of gig ready and in, and in good shape and we're 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 a live entity again, we'll kind of look into that mm. sort of stuff. I know. Um, I know the band does kind of have its its fans in Germany, and I know some of those festivals that the lads have played at before. That, that could be an option again. You know, they wouldn't likes of keep it true or something like that. No, there was. No. Um, I can't think of the name of it. There's another one that does beyond. It's around the same time as Keep It True. I think it's kind of late March, early April, um, that they've played at before. And I don't know. Okay. Yeah, like you know, we, we don't we don't have anything in in the works as such. But I mean, there the, the could be could be stuff there. You know, Very it'd be good. nice. Uh, it'd be nice because I say that there's always been a good following in Germany, and uh, I still I still haven't played Germany yet. It's a uh, it's a country I'd love to play in. Brilliant. Okay. All right. Um, let's move on then again because you've many irons in the fire um and this one is an iron maiden tribute band (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say how how are you spelling irons there (laughs) i-o-r-n of course um but before we get to that actually i'd just like to mention your appearance on a irish talent show called the voice so this is a talent show whereby people sing songs like the x factor cover versions of songs i think only or mainly and um Judges sit with their backs facing, or potential coaches, I think it is, sit with their backs facing the singer, um, and then they press on their chair if they want to. Actually, I don't even know the format. I, I'm vaguely <laughs> familiar with the format, but I, you, from you, what you pretty much nailed it. They yeah. press on their buzzer if they would like to represent the person and be their coach. Is that the correct yeah. format? But they don't see the person before they press the thing. So it's exactly, all based yeah. on the voice of the contestant rather than the physical appearance of the contestant, which probably the X Factor and things like that are more so based on uh, or just as much based on. Um, so uh, you participated in season four of The Voice um, mm. in Ireland in 2015. And I think your first song you did before any judges had seen you or anything like that was the Immigrant Song, which is, of course, a yeah. Led Zeppelin song. Uh, Tongue in cheek, maybe a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was I in the uh the way it works with the um the blind audition is um oh, so firstly, I mean I'm, I'm sure most people probably know this, but that there's other rehearsal stages before you get to that point, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. so I think I'm not sure what it is initially, I think it's about eight thousand people um apply, you know. So the first rehearsal I can't was a hotel in Ballsbridge somewhere. Right. And then, you know, if you get through that then there's a, there's there's two of those before they um then before they'll kind of let you know if you got onto the TV the, the TV stages, um, and I I think kind of in that time they they I don't know if they start deciding songs for you or I'm just trying to remember no no because I remember yeah the after you're told yeah you're through the blind edition still um send a list of songs I don't know there's a couple of hundred songs and you have to pick like ten of them and like I mean a lot of stuff I was kind of <laughs> there wasn't much in there that I was, I remember like some of the ones I I remember um. What was it? Design for Life by Manic Street Preachers. I oh, had on my yeah. list, you know. I think uh, he could have given that, that a good go, actually. I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think I would have enjoyed that. Like, But then I saw Immigrant Song, and I said, well, yeah, fuck, I'll put that down. Like, that's that's more my wheelhouse. I wouldn't be, like, a, a, you know, a mad Led Zepp fan, but, like, hmm. definitely more my kind of thing. So it's like, they may not go for it. They may not. I was like, they probably haven't heard of it. And I'm like, but it's on their list, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so so I, I, I can't remember how it was decided. I think I just I sent off the list and then. They call me a couple of days later. I think they decide out of that list kind of what you're singing. They're like, "How would you feel about doing immigrant song?" I was like, "Yeah, brilliant." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, then you, you you have like a couple of rehearsals before it goes uh, to TV. With like a, a house band, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the house band in there, and 
so you do a few rehearsals with them so they were granted they went fine mm. and uh i remember uh after because most of the producers and stuff like they wouldn't i don't think they'd be you know big music like you know nerds or whatever like they probably probably have more of a casual interest in music you know they're they're working in tv they're not working in the music yes i remember uh after the the rehearsal with the band one of the producers called me and they're like sorry john i just wanted to right you know how your name's john bonham I'm like yeah, <laughs> did you know there's someone in Led Zeppelin called John Bonham. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'd obviously already, they, they must have been talking to someone in the band. And they were like, oh, that's mad. Like, John Bonham doing Led Zeppelin. And she's like, did you know that? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, and then she was, I I, I, I think she kind of asked as if like, like, was that on purpose? Like, as if I named yeah. myself. I don't know. But, um, yeah, but was so it a small bit on purpose that you chose Immigrant Song? Did you think you'd have more of an impact if there was going to be that little bit of banter on television about the name similar or the, 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 I, having the I, same name? I don't know if that really factored in. It was just... It was ah, get just, out of that now, John. <laughs> it was probably just the song that most... Uh, to, to be honest, like I, I kind of cringe uh, sometimes having to have the same conversation. Like so. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was probably just more, you know, it was kind of it was in my wheelhouse kind of thing. But... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I can't even. I think it came up like during the, the blind edition. That actually, that's something I, I need to clear the air once and for all. Here. <laughs> was uh, the blind audition, You know, you have about depending on uh, kind of how how much they want to talk to you or whatever. They um, on on the night I did it, I was I was the last person on. Mm. I was the last person that night. It was I think it was about ten o'clock by the time I got up. Like and um, so they they're they're probably just kind of in a good mood because they didn't, they didn't have to listen to anyone else for the rest of the night you know mm. so we were kind of chat but there's about there's about 10 minutes where all the judges are talking and they're bantering and whatever mm. but there was one point because uh i remember a lot of people like even i was looking at twitter and stuff they're like and people going why the why the fuck did he pick keen why didn't he go brezzy blah, blah, blah. but uh mm. during the um where they all kind of like they sort of make it kind of make their pitch you know mm. Keane started name dropping all these bands he was like oh you know the first album, first album I ever bought was Injustice for All and and mm. uh, he's like you know he's like if, if you were with me he's like I'd, I'd have you singing Faith No More I'd have you singing Iron Maiden I'd have you mm. and so um, so I said to him I was like look you know I appreciate whatever it's like but, but I was like Keane you had me a Faith No More you know I have to go with you <laughs> in the edit they cut out the part where he mentioned Faith No More the yeah. only musical thing he mentioned was Injustice for All so mm. the edit makes me look like a metal singer who thinks mm. Justice for All is a fucking Faith No More album. Oh, uh, <laughs> shit, right. So they left in the part about you saying Faith No More. Yeah, oh, I was like, oh, you had me a Faith No More. I was like, but he never mentioned oh. Faith No More. And I remember, oh. I think I think it was at like, the rap party or something, I was talking to one of the like the editors, or whatever, I was like, and I brought that up, and he goes, he goes, oh, is, is, is that not a Faith No More album? I was like, no. Oh, <laughs> like, they, they didn't, didn't know. have some kind of fucking analyst. Like, they could have yeah. paid some 20-something-year-old college student who knew a bit about music yeah. to just or, sit there. Or, or just have Wikipedia open on a tab <laughs> and go, and just as for all, oh, it's by Metallica. Right, yeah. okay. Oh, so we'll have to leave the Faith No More. God, in that's, but yeah, oh, that's so, horrendous. I so, have watched that whole bit, but I, yeah. I didn't pick... I mean, it was years ago I watched the entire bit, but uh, yeah. I watched you singing there just before we started recording just to refresh my memory, but... Uh, I, I don't remember picking up on that, but that's horrendous. That, like making you look like an idiot. Fuck's sake. Yeah. That's bollocks. Um, yeah, so Key and Egan, for anyone listening who isn't familiar with Irish pop music, uh, which is most people probably, uh, is one of the singers in a band called Westlife who are a boy band essentially who've been going for 20 plus years and mm. are massively popular in Ireland and the UK and other places as well. Um, and his first album he bought was Injustice for All. Like, that's 
Hard yeah. to believe. <laughs> and I've fair. He, he kind of he knew his stuff. He he, he kind of he would get things slightly wrong. But I remember uh, uh, when we were filming the the battles. There's a part where the two of you are brought in and they have like mm. guy there piano and they're playing the songs. Yeah, mm. I walked in. I was wearing a Halloween hoodie. Now I had it like this. I kind of you, you could mm. barely really see what it was. Mm. He kind of goes, "Oh, Halloween." He goes, "Oh yeah, yeah I had one of their albums. I pictured this. What was a keeper of the keys or something?" I was like, "Yeah, keeper of the seven keys. Yeah, yeah, keeper of the keys. Keeper of the keys." He like, like corrected yeah, him yeah. when he still, but he recognised that it was a Halloween hoodie, even if he thought the album was called Keeper of the Keys. So I was That's like, okay. So he must have been into metal at some point then. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't re- no the as Mick Wall says, the man on the street wouldn't know who Halloween was. So um, yeah, yeah um, fair play, Keen Egan. Wherever you are, if you're listening, uh, probably is. Um, all right, so brilliant. And then I was going to ask you, right, so I had them in the reverse order in my list of questions to ask, but um, I know you also sang the song Run to the Hills on that show hmm. as well. Um, how far did you make it? Um, semi-final. Okay. Um, and that that's one of those, actually, that that, that kind of stuck in my craw for a while because we had this, this great, usually about a week before, um, each show you know what song you're going to be doing because you have to start rehearsing it you know mm. and in the final everybody gets to um, redo a song they did previously and then one yeah. new one Yeah. so I think I, I, I had a lot of battling to get to convince them to let me do Run to the Hills first time mm. but I think when it actually kind of went down quite well they were okay with letting me do so so I was going to be redoing that in the final and the final you get like an extra like 30 seconds so it would have been mm. a whole two minute version of it yeah uh, yeah. so so I was going to have that but then my my other final song was going to be Stairway to Heaven mm. because I, I had this idea from, from after the blind I was like oh if I was able to do Stairway in the final if I got to the final and kind of bookend it with the two Led Zeppelin songs you know mm. and uh, so that was you know we'd been rehearsing that and I was like and then Obviously, I didn't get in, but but yeah. the kind of thing I, I I tell myself, I was like, yeah, but if you'd gotten to the final, there was the danger you would have won it, and nobody exactly. Won it. Yeah. So I was like, you know, so it hurts kind of not getting to do that cool thing with the the two Led Zepp songs, and yeah, and uh, yeah, the finalists all got to release a single. So I've if I'd gotten there, I would have released Run to the Hills as a single as well, and so I was like. You know, I'm 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 there raging in the paper, going, oh, his song sold 400 copies. That could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it could have been a double-edged sword as well. Like, I mean, most people who succeed in the X Factor, which is a much bigger talent show in the UK, like, um, end up doing nothing anyway. Uh, so, yeah. um, I don't know. Are you? I, do you wish you had have won? No, no, I never wanted to win. I just, mm. I just have the the thing about the final just just because i knew just want to be in the final yeah yeah it would have been nice to have released an official version of run to the hills yeah um all right um so sorry but this is why i structured it this way did the um i don't know how long iron ion maiden have been you you've been a singer in the band Mm. but i had a quick look and it it seems they've been going since 2014 have you always been the singer in that iron maiden tribute band um pretty much like like since we started gigging i have been yeah um okay so did it wasn't uh being on the voice singing run to the hills that got you the job then no it was being on it was being on the voice uk singing can i play a madness to got me the job were you, were you on the voice UK <laughs> yeah. as well? all right i didn't realize that yeah but that was um, before beforehand no so that was that was the following year um and I even remember, like a friend of mine, he was like, "You're not gonna start getting obsessed, are you? Like, we're not gonna see you on like on like on like the Voice Saudi Arabia in a couple of years." Or, um, 
No, so yeah, that one now I I just uh, was blind. No, nobody turned for me. Like I just had the blind audition. But uh, okay. Um, but even with that, I mean, and they cut my song down. They only showed about forty-five seconds of it. But it was televised. But, yeah, and th- yeah. and that and that was how the 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 naughty lads, as I called them, that was how they came across yeah. me. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So they they'd been rehearsing. I don't know a year or two before that. And I don't know, there'd been a couple of lineup changes, you know, change, mm. change guitarists, change singers, whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I remember one, one of the Steve, like he, he messaged me saying, cause he, I, I don't think, what was it? I think he had just, he made, he messaged me on like my YouTube page just saying, mm. oh, I've, 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 um, I've got like a musical project I'm doing, you know, if you'd be interested. And I, I like, I almost didn't reply. I'm like, oh, who's this person? I don't know them. But uh, mm. yeah, and I was actually I was in another Maiden tribute time. I don't know if you know Ireland Maiden. Yes, I've seen um, Ireland Maiden. Shit. Um, yeah. Was it in Fibbers as well? Um, it d- well, depends when when it might have been. I like, I joined uh, them around two thousand and ten. No, that was well before me. I I think uh, it might have been Kieran Ennis who you mentioned earlier. Jesus, Legacy, right. former Legacy. It might have been him. I know he sang with them for a while, and then. When I joined, uh, one of the guitar players, Aiden, he used to be the singer. I'm um, pretty certain I've seen Ireland Maiden as well. Um, I've mm. gone to like three or four Irish Iron Maiden tribute bands over the years. <laughs> yeah, um, I've seen any, enough of them myself. Yeah. Anytime I see them coming up, I'd pop in. What, what, what made me say 2010 was one time I did see a, an, an Iron Maiden tribute band and the song El Dorado had only come out from Final right. Frontier as a single like a few days beforehand. And I popped into Fibbers and there was an Iron Maiden tribute band so it must have been 2010 and they were playing El Dorado I was like Jesus that's fucking impressive yeah. um, so I'm not sure which one that was but it might have been, it might have been the lads because I remember I remember when Speed of Light came out I kind of suggested it to them going look we try and get this learned and whatever but I don't know if we just we weren't we didn't have enough rehearsals or whatever and then like a couple months later um, I think there was like oh we tr-. then it kind of came up again somebody else like will we do Speed of Light I'm like well no the album's out now we're like we'll do a better mm. one yeah never got around to it but um, yeah. yeah so when yeah so then when I joined with these naughty lads like I'd said it to, yeah. the, to the Ireland Maiden fellas look there's another Maiden tribute and so I, I kind of did the two for a little bit but yeah. you know kind of eventually you sort of kind of it was uh, it wasn't sustainable to do the two so yeah um, um so I did see Iron Maiden, I-O-R-N, uh, mm. in Fibbers a few years ago, and you were doing, I know you did the song The Loneliness of the Long Distance mm. Runner, because I actually, that was actually the first time I spoke to you, very briefly after you came off the stage, I was like, yeah. fair play to you for doing that fucking song, because that's very difficult, I actually have a video of you doing it, um, <laughs> and uh, you but you were doing a Power Slave theme set, I think, at yeah. the time. Yeah, and you had the Paraslave era costumes on stage as well, mm. including the Dave Murray black and white, or black and blue striped uh, top, yeah. which my friend Peter, who is a big Iron Maiden fan, um, I, I worked with him, and uh, he'd never seen Iron Maiden or an Iron Maiden tribute band or anything. He was very impressed with the attention to detail of that. Right. <laughs> and you had a, the mask and everything, uh, the Bruce yeah, Dickinson yeah. style mask. Very good. Uh, homemade, yeah. Was it? <laughs> yeah. There was only good. that was just one of those little cardboard ones you get out one of those art supply shops and then painted up. I bought a few feathers online, and mm. uh, yeah. So I, and I, I have. Sorry, sorry go on. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say. So I have to keep that in like a shoe box because it's just it's very delicate. It's just made of like cardboard basically. Yeah, and uh, like what inspired you to do the song "The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner," which I believe Iron Maiden has only attempted once themselves, and yeah. which must be extremely hard to sing. Uh, it is, yeah. Um, 
think what made us want to do was just it was fucking class, man. Because yeah. um, <laughs> we'd, we, we had kind of early on, we, we had sort of um, set down, I, I think it was, a, I think it was kind of an unwritten rule, then kind of an actual rule that it would always just be nice to have one kind of hidden gem in the set. And so like, even yeah. if no, even if, even if most people in the crowd don't go forever, like, like that's just for us, you know? So but there will uh, be some people like, I mean, I, I, what I assume is that like, if somebody has gone and paid in to see an Iron Maiden tribute band, that they must be more than a casual fan. So hmm. there's a, there's a chance that maybe 10, 15% of the audience will know something like the loneliness of the long distance running. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're, you're obviously going to get a handful, but, um, like it's, it's funny. I, I didn't realize, um, obviously you'd, you'd probably know yourself. I'm sure you've had talked about Maiden with all sorts of people that there's, there's a lot of people where it's like nothing after eight. Yeah. 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 And they're, yeah. they're, they're, yeah. they're the real fans. If you're a real fan, you gave up on them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, but, uh, but then I, I didn't realize till I started chatting to people up North, some people it's like nothing after 84. Yeah. I was, somewhere I was in chatting, time was the cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Oh, I didn't like what they started doing with somewhere in time. And then seven son, they completely lost me. And I was like, Oh geez. Yeah. So, so there are probably even, even people like that, who you think would be diehards, somewhere in time stuff actually probably wouldn't go over well um all right so i think you mentioned to me at one point though and i don't know when it was maybe it was when i briefly spoke to you at the gig or maybe it was at the old season gig um but that you didn't play anything beyond uh, the 90s with mm. iron maiden your tribute band and you, you experimented with one song from brave new world i think that was the first one you did is that right or am i remembering that correctly um yeah we did i'm not even sure if we've if we played, can you remember if we played Wicker Man at that gig you came to? I don't think you did, but I think uh. when I spoke to you, which would have been about three years later, uh, mm. that you said you were trying out Wicker Man. I, I thought it was Blood yeah. Brothers. Sorry, it was probably Wicker Man. Uh, but that was the first one since, or that was the first post 2001 you'd attempted. Yeah, we, we, we'd we rehearsed it a few times. I, when we were our current bassist, Bob, he, like, he's fucking brilliant. He came down he had about four or five songs learned in a couple of days. And mm. so we kind of jammed them and then he, we were just kind of like, are there any others? We started doing Wicker Man. No, we had, none, none of us had ever played Wicker Man together before, but yeah. we're like, geez, we, we more or less got it. So mm. we kind of started, um, it was in our set for, uh, we played that um, uh, Rocketon in, when was that? Sligo. May. No, uh, the Sligo oh. one was Whiplash. Uh, Rocketon oh, yeah. was a thing in uh, Fairy House. And we were, oh, we were, we were okay. yeah, we were a little apprehensive about it because, you know, it's a, it it seems like the sort of gig that you could have had no one coming at or mm. could have been a bit, but no, it was like really good crowd. Like it was, it was outdoors, but it was, yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe 2000 people could have been a bit less, 1500 people maybe like, but uh, right. like, you know, a decent crowd and we had a proper, like decent outdoor stage and stuff, but mm. um, it's just, it all ran a bit, everything was running over, Force Band was on. It just you know whatever it took take takes late setting up or whatever so first band yeah, was yeah. on half an hour late so then like mm. you know next band has to cut a couple of songs next band has to cut a couple of songs so mm. uh so we had wicker man in the set and that was yeah. when we dropped so right. I, th- I, th- I think that would have been our first time playing it but we had okay. to just kind of go well, look that's we have yeah. to cut something here you know and um i know you were supposed to have a gig there a while ago in fibers which didn't go ahead um mm. is that going to be rescheduled Oh yeah, will um for sure. Um, only <laughs> the problem is, uh, one of our guitar players. That was to be his last gig. That was gonna be like his swan song. Okay. Um, 
because he's just he's so busy he has his own uh he's in a band up north nasa assassin they're an original band and then he's mm. he does a lot of like the wedding gigs and obviously you know working full-time and whatever so mm. um so he, he was kind of he kind of said, you know, for our benefit as well, you know, get someone in that isn't in two other bands, you know, kind of thing. But um, so that was kind of going to be his send off. So now we're mm. kind of in the process of trying to get another guitarist in and whatever. So it, it could it could be a few months before, slightly okay. before that's rescheduled again. Right. Brilliant. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up nicely. Um, I'll keep an eye out for. No, I have more things to say. <laughs> <laughs> You can come back on another time. It was it was yeah. really nice to chat to you. Actually, it was very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I'll keep an eye out for old season uh, Celtic Legacy and Iron Maiden activities. I O R N. Um, and yeah, it was lovely chatting to you, John. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, cheers! Thanks for having me. All right, so that was my chat with John Bonham, singer from Old Season, Celtic Legacy, Iron Maiden, I-O-R-N-M-A-I-D-E-N. Yes, I make a point of saying that every time, Iron. It seems unusual to just say singer of Iron Maiden, because you obviously know he isn't. But yeah, I enjoyed that chat myself. Um, there was a lot of information there about uh, being on a an Irish talent show, or a talent show in general, which I feel... I don't think I've ever heard anything about that on any other podcast I've listened to, so that was eye-opening. Um, but definitely check out Old Season. Definitely check out Celtic Legacy. Um, if you happen to live in Ireland or Dublin, check out Iron Maiden. I-O-R-N. M-I-I-D-E-N. You're probably sick of me saying that. I'm sick of the sound of my own voice saying it, to be honest. That's going to do it for this episode of Feck and Metal. Thank you for listening. I am going to leave you with... The Evil That Men Ride, which was a song we spoke about on the episode. A mashup of Iron Maiden, Christy Moore and Bruce Dickinson. I hope you enjoy it and I will see you next time. <laughs>